is Fitzwilliam Darcy, a.k.a. Mr. Darcy, dateable? Does he have the five dateable traits you must have to attract, nurture, and blossom a true love relationship that lasts? Hi, I'm Mia, your host, and the love editor-in-chief at Love Modern. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of Love Modern's new podcast series, Dateable? where we explore just how dateable our favorite fictional characters would really be in real life. For early access to new episodes and for exclusive access to premium episodes and other perks and benefits, become a premium subscriber today. You can easily do so via the links in this episode's description or by visiting lovemodern.com. Fitzwilliam Darcy is the main love interest in Jane Austen's 19th century novel, Pride and Prejudice. He has been portrayed by a plethora of film actors for nearly a century. And today, he is heralded as one of the most romantic bachelors in literature and on screen. But is he really? Is he really as loving and noble as we think? Does he have the five dateable traits? As detailed in Ready to Love, our True Love Masterclass series for daters and couples who want to find and fall in true love. Available exclusively on lovemodern.com. You can listen to the first lesson for free right now on our website. Our True Love courses are backed by decades of research, observation, and analysis as we have studied and guided the love journeys of modern romantics just like you. The five dateable traits are the foundational qualities every dater and partner must have if you want to attract, nurture, and blossom a true love relationship that lasts. So, dear listener, let's dive in to the first reason Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy is or is not, dateable in real life. Be forewarned, though, there are spoilers ahead. Reason number one. He is rude and arrogant. Now, the leading lady in Pride and Prejudice is Elizabeth Bennet. Her friends and family call her Lizzie. Lizzie is smart, pretty, and 20 years old. She wants to marry for true love. The first time she crosses paths with Fitzwilliam is at a local ball. He is tall, handsome, and 28 years old. He is new in town, visiting his best friend, Charles Bingley, who recently moved into the neighborhood. When Fitzwilliam enters the ballroom, the locals are all abuzz, for he is the wealthiest gent in the vicinity by far. At first, he makes quite the first impression. As Austen writes in Chapter 3, He was looked at with great admiration for about half the evening, till his manners gave a disgust which turned the tide of his popularity. Good grief! How did Fitzwilliam turn the tide of public opinion against himself so very quickly? Well, let's compare his behavior at the ball to that of his friend, Charles Bingley. 
Mr Bingley made himself acquainted with all the principal people in the room. He was lively and unreserved. He danced every dance. Such amiable qualities must speak for themselves. Now, it is important to note that in those days, when bachelorettes outnumbered the bachelors in attendance at a ball, a true gentleman danced most every dance. So none of the ladies felt like a wallflower. In high society, it was the kind, noble, and socially expected thing to do. In a 19th century book on etiquette, the author, John Young, writes, A young man who can dance and will not dance should stay away from a ball. If he wishes to be considered a thoroughbred gentleman, he will sacrifice himself occasionally to those who are unsought and neglected in the dance. The consciousness of having performed a kind and courteous action will be his reward. Charles follows this social dictum splendidly. He dances every dance. He is kind, friendly, respectful, and thoughtful to all. He is a true gentleman who quickly earns the respect and favor of the locals. His friend, on the other hand... What a contrast between him and his friend. Mr. Darcy danced only once with each of his female acquaintances, declined being introduced to any other lady, and spent the rest of the evening walking about the room, speaking occasionally to one of his own party. Modern readers of Pride and Prejudice often mistakenly think that because Darcy is so posh and wealthy, his behavior is excusable. But his behavior was considered exceedingly rude even in that day and age. First of all, Fitzwilliam acts as if he is a higher social class than Lizzie and her family. But they are actually in the same class. The English Gentry Now, if you're not hit to Britain's high society social hierarchy, here's a breakdown. At the top of the pyramid, you have the royal class, queens, kings, and their offspring. Next, the noble class. Male members of this class had noble titles like duke or earl that were inherited by the eldest living son or male relative. In those days, members of this class served in the House of Lords in Parliament. They made the laws of the land. Below them was the gentry class. Men in this class typically owned land, were well-educated, had a comfortable income, and they did not have to work hard or at all for a living. Then below them was the professional class, the middle class. People with respectable jobs who had to work for a living, including merchants, doctors, engineers, and lawyers. Businessmen in this class could be far wealthier than a gentleman in the gentry. But because they were middle class, they were viewed and treated as socially inferior. Especially when it came to marriage. Despite being in the same gentry social class, Fitzwilliam Darcy acts like he is better than everyone else in the ballroom for two reasons. One, his fortune. And two, his noble lineage. 
for he is both the grandson of an English earl and the nephew of an English earl. So while Fitzwilliam himself is a member of the gentry, his uncle is a high-ranking member of the English nobility, for an earl is only three steps down in rank from a prince. Fitzwilliam's father, however, was a wealthy member of the gentry class. So in essence, Fitzwilliam's mother, the daughter of an earl, married way down on the social scale. If his mother had been as pretentious about class and rank as he is, he would have never been born. Fitzwilliam's wealth and noble lineage, however, does not give him license to be aloof or mean or impolite to anyone. Per another 19th century etiquette book, this one written by an English lord, so the same noble class as Fitzwilliam's uncle and grandfather, the author writes, In general society, gentlemen are supposed to seek rather than avoid the acquaintance of ladies. It is immaterial to a gentleman in which class in society his acquaintances move. He can be polite to all. All in all, Fitzwilliam's behavior is actually ridiculous and offensive for a gentleman of any rank. And as Austin writes, his actions are a clear reflection of his lack of character. His character was decided. He was the proudest, most disagreeable man in the world, and everybody hoped that he would never come there again. Amongst the most violent against him was Lizzie's mother, whose dislike of his general behaviour was sharpened into particular resentment by his having slighted one of her daughters. Now, what on earth did Fitzwilliam do to anger Lizzie's mother on day one? Well, let's read on, dear listener. Lizzie had been obliged by the scarcity of gentlemen to sit down for two dances. During part of that time, Mr. Darcy had been standing near enough for her to overhear a conversation between him and Mr. Bingley, who came from the dance for a few minutes to press his friend to join it. Come, Darcy, I must have you dance. I hate to see you standing about by yourself in this stupid manner. You had much better dance. I certainly shall not. You know how I detest it unless I am particularly acquainted with my partner. At such an assembly as this, it would be insupportable. Your sisters are engaged, and there is not another woman in the room whom it would not be a punishment to me to dance with. I have never met with so many pleasant ladies in my life as I have this evening. Several of them are uncommonly pretty. You are dancing with the only handsome lady in the room. Oh, she is the most beautiful creature I have ever beheld. Look, there is one of her sisters sitting down just behind you who is very pretty and I dare say very agreeable. Do let me ask my partner to introduce you. Which do you mean? Turning round, Darcy looked for a moment at Elizabeth. Till catching her eye, he withdrew his own and coldly said, She is tolerable, but not handsome enough to tempt me. I am in no humour to give consequence to young ladies who are slighted by other men. Turns out, they had negging even way back in the 1800s. In the real world, 
Negging is when an immature guy of any age encounters a smart, beautiful woman he finds intimidating. So he says something demeaning or unflattering about her in order to wound her self-confidence and make her think less of herself in hopes that she will give him the time of day, even though he is way too insecure, immature, and not worthy of a woman of her caliber. Fitzwilliam says this arrogant and disrespectful statement after he makes eye contact with Lizzie, and she hears every word of it. Luckily, Lizzie's self-confidence is strong enough to withstand his nasty verbal attack. To her, Fitzwilliam's rudeness isn't a reflection of her beauty or her character. It is a reflection of his lack of character, or manners, or empathy, or honor, or tact. Lizzie walks away knowing that this man-child is undateable, and therefore incapable of nurturing and blossoming the true love relationship she desires. Lizzie's sentiments are echoed in a number of 19th century etiquette books. John Young writes, How often does the motto, Manners make the man, govern both parties in matters of courtship? The lady giving preference to him, whose manners indicate a true nobility of the soul. Similarly, in another etiquette guide, the author, a Mrs. Chapone, writes, Remember always, that if you would be loved, you must be amiable. So, dear listener, this concludes the first episode of our new Dateable podcast series. Tune in next week when we'll discuss a second reason Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy is, or is not, dateable in real life. Be sure to tap the follow button so you will be notified when the next episode debuts. Or you can unlock and enjoy early access to listen to episode two right now by joining our podcast family as a premium subscriber. You can easily do so via the links in this episode's description or by visiting lovemodern.com. Till next time, I wish you a beautiful day, a wonderful week, and a more loving and lovable life. <laughs>